0: In today's podcast episode, I'm going to break down the strategies behind an award-winning PPC case study. In this campaign, our PPC ninjas led by Heini reduced this client's cost per acquisition by a whopping 87%. If you don't speak PPC, that's okay. That just means they get a lot more money out of their PPC campaign than they used to. Now, of course, this is just one business. This is just one case study. So what I'm going to do, and the reason I've chosen this one is because there are some really useful lessons that we can all apply. So I'm going to share the strategies that we've used in the case study. And then I'm going to draw out the bigger, um, I guess, more applicable general lesson that we can all apply to our digital marketing, not just in PPC, but across whatever channel that we're using and across whatever industry we're working in. So let's get stuck in. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja. We're a digital marketing agency. We love helping our clients and our followers and fans generate more sales and revenue through their website. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about. Now today we're going to be looking at a PPC case study. This PPC case study we are very proud to announce um, won a paid media award, a UK paid media award, beating off some ridiculous competition from the likes of KFC, Marks and Spencer, all these Huge, huge brands with loads and loads of budget. And this was not a huge, huge brand with loads of budget. This was a very, very small business um, with a lot of ambition, but not a huge budget. So, we're going to break down some stuff for you today. Now, you can find the name of this business online. So, what I'm not going to do is give you their raw numbers or revenue because obviously, this would be very interesting to their competitors and not particularly nice for the client. So, I'm going to share the strategies that we use and turn them into applicable lessons, which is much, much more useful. Now to set the scene, uh, this client came to us, they're a hardware store uh, in Canada. We work with clients around the world. This business is based in Canada. They had a physical hardware store, still do, um, but obviously coronavirus kind of made physical stores a little bit more challenging. So they knew they needed to expand online. They had a website, but it really wasn't doing very much. They also had an ambitious business goal to double their total monthly sales. And the online piece of this needed to contribute a lot. It really wasn't contributing much at the time. They've been running the PPC themselves. And because this is such a competitive space, you know, they're selling tools online against huge, huge brands, massive e-commerce stores, ridiculously competitive. It's one of those markets which is very difficult to challenge in, particularly if you're running it in-house unless you've got super deep expertise in PPC. We have seen a couple of um, e-commerce businesses do this if they've been running PPC, you know, over decades, and they they know this space as well as any of their competitors agencies do. But it's one of these sorts of industries, which is very difficult to compete without some serious firepower. Now, they had a relatively small budget because online was such a small component of their total business revenue. So obviously, they weren't going to be generating, they weren't going to be plowing loads of cash into it. Now, small budget can mean a lot of things. It's obviously all relative, but this is definitely in the small category. I'm not going to tell you their exact budget because obviously their business name is out there and stuff, Um, but suffice to say it was small. Um, Probably an order or two of magnitude below the competitors that this was up against in the award that it just won. So the first thing that we have to do, and whenever you're running any sort of campaign whenever you're running any sort of channel is is think about the strategy. And, And this can be very easy to kind of gloss over. Well, of course, we just want to get more traffic, right? But there's lots of different types of traffic. There's lots of different types of audience. The first thing that we would do whenever we're working on a campaign like this is think about who our target audience actually is. So, if we're selling tools, there's lots of potential people who we might be selling to. Now, this business, we knew that they were selling to DIYers and predominantly people who are DIYing woodwork. Okay. They had a lot of stock or they had most of their stock in this sort of area and they had some expertise and some track record in this space. So, they knew this audience. The next thing that we had to do was work out what the strengths and weaknesses were of the business. Now, the product range was fairly limited compared to some of the competitors that we we're going up against because this is a relatively small. Business—it's not some huge e-commerce play with massive warehouses full of loads of stock. The product range was fairly limited, and stock was quite varied. So, in some categories, they'd have quite a lot; others, they might only have a very limited number of a particular scoop. This was a challenge for PPC because, obviously, when you're advertising a particular product, you don't want that—you don't want to spend loads of time creating ads and building ad groups for a certain product only to find that that product is like out of stock by the time you've set the ads live. We also knew that with the small budget, we had to be ruthlessly bofu. <laughs> ruthlessly Bofu. There's your first phrase of the day. At bottom of funnel, Bofu. We needed to be targeting people that had very, very high commercial intent, i.e. people who were about to buy, who wanted to buy right now. Of course, we would love to have built this, uh, you know, full funnel targeting campaign where we're targeting people right at the start of their search journey with some downloadable guides and ways to find the perfect tools for them. We would have loved to run some brand awareness campaigns because this business has very little brand awareness, but all of that stuff had to go straight into the bin because we had a very small budget and very, very big revenue increase goals. We also had relatively low management time on this as well. It's a quite small campaign for us. um, So we knew that we were going to have to be running smart campaigns and using uh, Google's automation because There just simply wasn't going to be enough time to put in loads of manual work here. Now, because of all of this, we knew that shopping, Google Shopping ads were going to be absolutely key, right? Shopping ads, you know, you search for a particular product and you see the price and you see the product image. This is great because the people that are going to click on that, they've already seen the price. So they've qualified themselves. We know that they're going to be, you know, they're not going to be clicking on that ad and then landing on a page and being horrified at the price. Well, they've just clicked on the price. So you know what the price is. So we remove any price objection, we make sure that person is reasonably qualified and they can also see that they are clicking on a product so they are more likely to have commercial intent, i.e. they're going to be a buyer or they're more likely to be a buyer. By using shopping ads also, we could have a a feed going from the e comm site straight into Google. So when a product went out of stock, the ads for that product would stop. This is a big deal when you're running a um, a sort of low budget campaign because you don't want to be driving loads of traffic to a product page where the product is out of stock. Obvs. So next thing that we identified, we identified the website had a very low conversion rate. Okay, 0.5% conversion rate, actually less than 0.5% in some areas. Now, if you've got a very low website conversion rate, very difficult to make anything work, really, being brutally honest, particularly PPC, because let's say that you're selling a hundred pound product, right? And let's say that the market average cost per acquisition um, is 20 pounds, right? So you might spend 20 pounds getting this hundred pound sale. Well, if your website is converting at half the rate of everyone else's that you're competing against, you've got to get twice as much traffic to get that sale as everyone else. Well, what's that going to do? That's going to double your cost per acquisition compared to everyone else. So you're going to immediately be at a disadvantage there. So this conversion rate thing is so important for PPC. We knew when we saw this 0.5%, we were like, this is really bad. We know that we need to improve it. We don't know how much we can improve it, but we have to improve it. Otherwise, this is going to be the thing that stops this campaign from working. We also knew that we wanted to increase customer lifetime value um, because this is the sort of business where if you've got a DIYer who's buying tools, they're going to buy other stuff later on, right? My dad's into DIY. He has a garage full of tools, right? (laughs) He buys tools. And you know, these people who buy tools, they don't just buy one tool. I just buy one tool because I'm not a DIY person. If I need a screwdriver, I buy a screwdriver. But DIY people, they buy lots of tools. So we knew that we wanted to build a relationship with someone after they'd purchased. So we built an email marketing campaign and automated sequences so that we could turn someone from being a one-time customer into a repeat buyer because that would allow us to invest more In the initial acquisition, we could spend more on getting that customer the first time, knowing that we would monetize them over the lifetime. Okay, so quite an important component. Now, for this campaign, we knew that we needed to make money on the first sale as well. We couldn't just say, right, we're going to break even or we're going to lose money. We're going to go negative on the first sale. We knew that we needed to make money on the first sale anyway because of the budget, because of the size, of the business, the nature of this being a test for them and something that was very important to the you know the, the growth of the business during COVID. So the, what's the lesson here from this strategy section? Well, firstly, the lesson is to actually think about what you're going to be doing before you start doing it. Don't just jump straight into setting up ads and running the campaigns. You've got to know the games that you can afford to play and be completely honest with yourself about this. So for example, for us, it was knowing that we had to be ruthlessly focused on the bottom of the funnel. We could not afford to play the fancy Um, you know, a content asset game. We couldn't afford to create these buyer's guides and drive paid traffic to them. This was not something that their budget would allow for. We had to be ruthlessly focused on just the purchase. Now, in some markets, The purchase side of the funnel is so competitive that you might not even be able to afford to play for the purchase and you might be forced to go top of funnel. We've got another campaign I'll take you through on another day where we've had to do that. So it's about identifying the section of the market which you can afford to play and that you can afford to win. And this is really important because you don't want to go off on a journey that your competitors have got massive fuel tanks and you've got a tiny fuel tank but you don't know because you haven't done your research. Uh, The next lesson is making sure that you're picking the high ROI stuff before going into brand awareness. So a lot of businesses um, will come to us saying we want to increase brand awareness. We want to make our brand famous or whatever. And when we look at what they're doing, that's great. They could definitely do that because they don't have as much brand visibility as they might, but they're not picking the low hanging fruit stuff, the ROI stuff, the stuff that puts money in the bank they're not picking that yet. Now, if you don't pick that stuff yet, it's all very well focusing on brand awareness. But at some point, something's going to happen where you have to make a very difficult decision about your marketing. And whether it's a recession, or whether it's you have a few bad months, the brand awareness stuff, trust me, is the first stuff to get chopped. It's the first stuff to go on the guillotine because you don't monetize that stuff directly. Yes, it's important to have brand awareness stuff. But it's a nice to have once you've got the ROI bases covered, get the ROI bases covered first, generate the cash, and then you've got money to invest in brand awareness. And of course, if you're doing the ROI focused stuff, if you're doing the direct response stuff, well, then you'll pick up some brand awareness as well but you'll be monetizing it immediately. The next lesson, identify your weaknesses and work out how to mitigate them. So when we looked at this, we realized immediately that the conversion rate was gonna be an issue and we had to come up with a plan. By the way, I'll take you through the plan that we implemented in just a second. What we didn't do is just ignore them or think, ah, we can probably figure that out later down the line. Just before you start is the time to really look yourself in the mirror, look your business or your campaign in the mirror and say, all right, you know, where are we weaker than competition? Where What's holding us back? If this thing fails, What's going to be the cause of the failure? And then figure out solutions for that. Being in denial is an extremely unprofitable state at the start of a pay-per-click campaign. The final lesson before we move on to going through exactly what we did is always look for ways to increase customer lifetime value. This goes for any channel, whatever you're doing, that email marketing piece that we added, which to, uh, to increase the customer lifetime value, it is consistently one of the most profitable things that we do. Abby, who runs our EMR marketing department, is fantastic at this, at increasing that customer lifetime value. And it means it improves the profitability of everything else that you do. It makes the SEO look like a genius. It makes content marketing look like genius. PPC look like genius. Everyone looks smarter because when a customer comes in, they pay you more over time. So that increases the profitability of everything. So really, really important. So those are some general lessons already just from the strategy piece. So what do we do with the PPC side of things specifically? Well, for this particular campaign, um, we set up three campaign types. Uh, Google Shopping, like I said, 85% of budget went here because we really needed to generate those sales. Um, we set up a branded search campaign. So this was for their e store brand, not the brands that they're selling, their e store brand, because they weren't ranking particularly well for it. And it had relatively low search volume, so we didn't need to put loads of budget in. And then we set up some dynamic search ads as well. Again, just really to test them with a relatively low budget. But most of the budget, 85% of the budget, went into the Google Shopping campaign. Now I mentioned the conversion rate. You have to fix conversion rate. You have to do everything that you can to fix conversion rate as soon as possible. When we're running a client campaign, we'll run ux audits and conversion rate optimization during the first 3 months okay so we'll try and fix any low hanging fruit as soon as we can at the start of a campaign we'll do ux audit which is the user experience audit identifying ways to improve conversion rate and then we'll get those changes implemented as quickly as we can during those first 3 months because anything that you can do to pull that conversion rate optimization lever just like the average order value or the customer lifetime value that's one of those levers that makes everyone else look smarter so a few things that we did. This is an e-commerce business, but they're not an e-commerce business like most e-commerce businesses are. They're a smaller store, they're a physical store and they're local. So we did things like put a click to call phone number on at the top of the site. Now, why did we do this? Because they do not necessarily want people to phone them. And we weren't tracking this as a conversion and we weren't getting the, you know, you can't see the sale value of these calls. But we did this because it builds credibility and it boosts that trust if you're landing on an e-commerce site that you've never seen before, well, you might be feeling a little bit sus about it, but if there's a local phone number at the top and an encouragement to call, that's reassuring. And if, of course, you do need some information about the product that you're considering purchasing, then you can just pick up the phone and call them right there. We also added a description of the business emphasizing the family ownership and the fact that they were local, because this is what they had to sell. They had the fact that they were a local business and that they're family owned. This was like one of their benefits. Now, You could say, well, it's a smaller business, so you might want to hide that. You might want to appear like you're a larger brand, but we'd never be able to do that successfully. So what we did instead is emphasize the thing that made them stand out, right? You can sell whatever you've got. We'll come back to this later on. We also added testimonials for the business and uh, product reviews or encouraged them to add product reviews uh, for the products that they were selling, which actually had reviews. We also sent some recommendations to improve the product page layout. You need to have some basic product page guidelines, and we've got other um, podcasts and videos and all sorts of stuff on this. One small tweak that we made is on their uh, product pages, the product descriptions were hidden in an accordion by default. So when you landed on the page, you just see the description uh, title, but you wouldn't actually see the product description. So we encouraged them to set these as open by default. So when you landed on the page, you could actually see that text, simple thing, but obvious. And we asked them to increase the number of product images as well. So what are the lessons from these um, these conversion rate optimization tweaks and the uh, the, the budget allocation? Well, One of the main lessons here is whenever you're running a campaign, you've got to ask, what have you got that your competitors don't? Okay, if you're a small business, well, you're going to sell the fact that you're local or that you're small. If you're a big business, then you're going to sell the fact that you have massive scale and that you are more trusted than everyone else. If you're medium size, well, how do you sell that? Because you're not small or you're not big. Well, you might say something like, we are small enough to care, large enough to deliver. So whatever you've got, whatever situation you find yourself in, the value is in finding out how to sell that, how to make someone appreciate you for what you are and what your business is, regardless of what your situation. So you might be looking at your competitors thinking, oh, they're so much better than us because, you know, they're bigger or they're so much better than us because they're smaller and they're more nimble and they're able to make changes. But actually, whatever situation you find yourself in, there are benefits. And it's about communicating those benefits to the potential customers. The other lesson, of course, conversion rate always matters. Like we said, it's a big lever that you can pull. And every time you pull it, it makes everyone else look smarter. So pull it at every opportunity. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this thinking, this sounds really cool. I'd love to see what the ninjas can do for my business. Well, actually, we have something called the free website and marketing review where we'll show you exactly what you should be doing to improve your conversion rate and improve the quality and the quantity of traffic that you're getting through to your website. This service is completely free of charge. All you need to do is go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and request a free website and marketing review from the amazing team here at EN. We will take a look at your site. We'll have a look at your traffic sources. We'll take a look at what your competitors are doing and we'll map you out a prioritized action plan that you can follow over the next 6 to 12 months to significantly increase the volume of leads and sales that you're generating. The service is completely free of charge you're not locked into anything. We're not going to try and close you or anything like that. If we think that we can help you and it sounds like it's something that you want, then of course, we're happy to have that conversation. But there is absolutely no obligation to use us just because you've requested the free website marketing review. So go to exposioninja.com forward slash review to request your free review today. Okay. Um, Right. And I want to show you another couple of really cool, sick things that Heine and the PPC team did uh, with this campaign. So first up, this is a e-commerce business, right? An e-commerce business ships nationwide. So it's a business based in Canada. So our audience was Canada. But we noticed that people from Ontario were converting more. We noticed that they were converting more because this was an Ontario business. There was a bit of recognition there, right? If you have nothing else in common with someone, the fact that you are from the same place at least gives you a little bit more rapport than someone who you're from a completely different place. Like when you see that person on holiday who you know from your town, all of a sudden you feel like your best friends, because compared to everyone else, you have this thing in common, which is special to you, right? Or if you'd have seen them in your hometown, you might not have even said hello, you might have crossed the street away from them. But when you see them in a different place, and you're both in this different place together, all of a sudden, you feel like you're drawn together by the universe, right? You feel this special connection. Ridiculous, totally illogical. Why would anybody prefer to buy from an e-commerce store in their city rather than somewhere else, unless they cared about the mileage and all this type of stuff? But really, there's very little logic to it. It's just that tribal emotional thing that we've all got. So don't fight it, add a bid adjustment for it. So that's exactly what we did. We separated out the audience in Ontario and we said we want to pay more to show our ads to these people. And this worked really well. Our click-through rate was actually very similar for Canada and Ontario audiences, very, very similar. So it's not like people were clicking on our ads more because they didn't know that this business was based in their city when they clicked on the ads. But what was interesting is that the conversion rate for local visitors, local searchers, was almost double, almost double. And this meant that the CPA ended up around about two thirds. So it cost us about two thirds as much to get an Ontario purchaser as it did uh, someone from the rest of Canada. This is massive, right? Absolutely massive. So this was a real, um, I guess, discovery because you know the smaller budget campaign. I don't know if I mentioned that <laughs> the smaller budget campaign. We had to be ruthless and finding out these little pockets. Well, this really, really helps. Uh, the conversion optimization improvements that we made and recommended almost doubled the conversion rate, and this really, really helped with the overall campaign performance. So let's go through some results. Then, within four months of launching the campaign, we've more than tripled website sales. Now we we're working on other channels as well, but pay per click in particular had increased. Uh, the sales volume since starting the campaign, 9x. 9x. Huge, huge increase. The cost per acquisition was reduced 87%. So I'm not going to give you their CPA because you can find out their business name if you do five minutes of Googling and giving you their CPA would be brutal. We've reduced it 87% though. So whatever it was costing, it cost 87% less after four months. And the PPC conversion rate went from less than 0.5% to over 1%. Ridiculous results. Ridiculous results. That's why It beat out all of this super huge competition with massive budgets and loads of people on it. Our tiny ninja stealth force on this particular campaign did a fantastic job. Clients stoked. We're stoked. Another award for the trophy cabinet. Happy days. So I hope you've enjoyed this whistle stop tour and I hope you've taken some of those generalized lessons. Just because this is one particular business, there's so much here that we can apply to everything, right? If nothing else, just add your location on your website right? <laughs> because then you'll get an increase in the uh, conversion rate for people based near you. Even if there's no logic for them, they're not coming to visit you. Doesn't matter. You'll get a conversion rate increase from them anyway. So loads of really useful general principles, which I hope you'll apply. Don't forget to leave us a review of this podcast. If you love it, if you hate it, then just send me some hate mail, Tim at Exposure Ninja. Um, and until next time, see you soon.